no-code, low-code platforms are here to stay and we think that everyone can build apps. My name is Timo Deiner and I like building apps as much as enjoying a good cup of coffee. I'm super excited to have Ashmi Xavier in today's episode. She joined the SAP family with AppGyver, a company from Helsinki we acquired earlier this year. If you are not familiar with no-code or low-code platforms and you maybe missed the recent announcement at Tech at 2021, this episode is the perfect match for you. You will learn how easy it is to get started with AppGyver, what challenges you can solve with it and to be honest, there is no excuse not to start with it because, hey, ladies and gentlemen, because AppGyver has a free version and everything you build on that can also be used, of course, in production. How cool is that? So enjoy this episode with Ashmey and me. Before we dive into the topic of AppGyver and um, the topic of our episode today that everyone is able or that everyone can build applications, I have Ashmey with me. So nice to have you here. Ashmey, can you please introduce yourself to the audience? So what's your role, your background? Um, I think you are coming from AppGyver as well. So yes. Yeah. Introduce yourself, please. Yeah, sure. Hi, good morning, Timo. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So my name is Ishmael Xavier and um, I've been with AppGyver since um, April in 2020. And so I've been on the marketing team as um, kind of a, a lone marketer. We, I have another teammate as well, but um, I've been doing everything from dealing with the, the community to building up stories and uh, social media campaigns and just everything related to community and content kind of falls under my umbrella. Nice, nice. So thanks a lot. And um, before we dive into, um, I think that many of the people listening to that podcast might have heard something about AppGyver because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we announced it really big in February this year. So 2021 <laughs> depends on the year you are listening to this episode. So we yeah. acquired, <laughs> we acquired AppGyver in February 2021 and we enriched our portfolio there. And, um, I think AppGyver was one of the pioneers of no code platforms. But can you also give a short intro to AppGyver? What's, what's the portfolio? What are you focusing on? Yeah, of course. So AppGyver has actually been around for, for a while, since uh, about 2010. And so it is a professional visual programming tool that, um, you know, professional developers and also people without technical backgrounds can use to build applications and uh, not just kind of, you know, hobbyist applications, but also really professional grade uh, mission critical apps as well. And without writing any any code. Yeah. And how many employees had AppGyver? Do you know that when, when you joined SAP? When we joined SAP, let me think. So, well, when I joined AppGyver, we were about, I want to say 18 people. And then uh, now we're just about under 30. So we've been kind of, in, especially in the last year, uh, been scaling up and adding a lot of people to our team. Wow. But but how has the transition To SAP been <laughs> from, from I, 30 yeah. people to <laughs> 100,000 people? 
Yeah, that's definitely a big difference. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it depends on on who you ask. Like for me, for example, I've been really um, happy to kind of now work closely with um, the product and enablement and communications team, and uh, which is part of the application plane. And so now I've been kind of doing a lot of day-to-day stuff with that team and doing a lot of um, different marketing and communications activities with them. And it's a really kind of dynamic and um, really cool group of people to work with. And I guess for the rest of the AppGyver team, it actually hasn't um, affected too much of like the day-to-day. We've still kind of maintained a lot of our autonomy and stayed pretty kind of independent and um, doing a lot of things that we were pretty much doing before. But um, I guess now the big difference is that uh, we now have to kind of provide this service to BTP customers on the you know business technology platform. Um, but I think also we've kind of been able to move away from some things that we were doing before that um, we kind of wanted to stop doing. So for example, AppGyver used to do consulting services and now we're kind of moving away from that and able to focus just on, you know, building the platform, which is, which is great. Yeah. But you, you also got the full sales power of the SAP team. So we are famous yeah. for, <laughs> for the sales people then. And, and you get access to exactly. a, a very huge customer and community base from my point of view. So that's really cool to have you on board and yeah. that, you, that you can keep your spirit you have at AppGyver. I think this is also very important. And I think we tackle that later um, so that you, you kept some things um, you had before at AppGyver, so when we are talking about a free version and so on, but uh, yeah, really cool that that you can stay mm. uh, autonomous so in in many parts. So, um, but you mentioned before that that AppGyver Ashmay is a professional tool for for building applications, professional applications, of course, and yeah. um, I think there is a a big hype about no code and low code platforms, and no code suggests that maybe you really don't have to have a a real development background so that you have to know how to code how to to get the memory from the from the computer and stuff like that so things a typical developer has to care about but what skills does a no code user need so we call them citizen developers as far as i know what skills do they have to bring with when they are actually using or building apps with appgyver yeah, and I don't think you necessarily need to know the coding language. And the, that's probably the biggest difference, but you do kind of need to have this developer mindset. And that's probably that's probably the biggest shift if you're kind of coming in this um, completely new and without any prior experience, then you kind of have to shift your mentality, your kind of way of looking at problem solving and um, these sort of things into, you know, into the way a programmer thinks. So for me, for example, I come from a complete communications and humanities background. So all of this was like a foreign foreign language to me coming in. And actually, when I was first starting at AppGyver, I think that was kind of one of the hesitations was that I was probably the only person on the team without any kind of engineering background. But I think that's actually a, a positive thing because you need kind of different perspectives. And yeah. especially when you're trying to, you know, teach these skills to people, you kind of need to understand that it's not a one size fits all sort of thing. But if you're if you have an open mind and you're kind of able to, um, uh, you know, pick up kind of dive into a new skill set and just kind of start practicing, then that can lead you to kind of build these up. So 
One good thing to keep in mind is, you know, I mean, everybody likes to create something that's that's just like human nature. Um, so if you have something that you want to create, then you just have to be able to break that down into smaller parts. And this is, you know, how we kind of teach application development. And once you can kind of break that into, I guess, micro problems, then you will be able to figure out how you can put that together in mm -hmm. an app. Absolutely. What what was your biggest challenge, Ashmey, when you, when you started using AppGyver when you joined them? Um, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, I think I think I feel like it was uh, it was almost like just learning a new language. You know, um, there's vocabulary issues, there's jargon, and uh, you kind of have to just get used to hearing it. And then even if you look up the definition a thousand times, you don't fully understand it until you're kind of practicing it. So for yeah. example, I think I had never actually worked with APIs before. And this is just something that, you know, I'm hearing a thousand times a day. And no matter how many times I heard it, I just, I still didn't, and looked it up, I still didn't fully understand what it was. And so finally, when I just started, um, you know, playing around and building different little mini apps then, and actually working with APIs, then that was really the only way that I kind of started to get it. So, so yeah, yeah. practice. So practice, like, like in every language, even when you learn languages or new foreign languages at a school, of course, yeah. you, you can learn the words and so on. But um, if you are, don't talk uh, the language or if you don't use the language, it's always hard to... I think to remember when when you are touching it uh, two months or two years later because you've mm -hmm. forgot almost everything, I guess. So it's a really important um, topic, yes, from from my point of view. Um, so um, let's let's keep some or let's stay some minutes on that topic on hey I have to learn a different language so when I was using AppGyver the first time and I have a development background for me the biggest challenge was hey you don't have an an editor where you can actually really code. So you have that visual support where you, um, yeah, you click together your process and you have to configure some of the nodes and so on, but you still have some if then else um, stuff a, a typical developer knows, of course. So um, the mindset stays, but you have to use it in a different way. And sometimes from my point of view, it would have been also helpful if I don't have that development background because I am I used to work in VI actually and um, there is no visual or graphical support for that. And um, from my point of view, it would have also been easier for me to start with AppGyver without having a, a real, uh, so to say, a real development background then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So there's different different challenges then depending on your <laughs> absolutely. But you have, you have but you have to stay open minded, and I think this yeah. is the most important thing. So stay open minded, and um, but you said hey, um, you didn't you didn't have any clue about APIs, and then you were actually just using APIs. And um, is this something where you cared about? So you are using an API and but you didn't have to know what happened in the background then. So because this API is connected against a business system, against a business backend system, maybe SAP or something else. And did you think about what impact has that for um, for the backend system when you are starting using the API? So did, did you get a, a massive load on the backend or something like that? Or did you ignore that because you relied on the people providing that API that it just works and you can you can easily use that? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think I was just kind of testing out different ones that were that seemed um, pretty simple. And I think, you know, especially if it was kind of uh, related to a topic that was uh, interesting to me, uh, like, for example, there's, you know, an API, there's APIs for everything nowadays. But for example, like if I'm trying to put together one for uh, social media posting, something that we could maybe use in our in our marketing team, for example, then um, I think a lot of those nowadays, especially, have been providing some really good documentation, and I was at least able to kind of follow along. And no, I don't necessarily understand what's happening under the hood, but um, I think now that there's so many kind of, uh, I guess, non-techie people, you know, working with them the people designing those things seem to understand that. And um, it's kind of cool because I was actually working with um, with one of these social media APIs. And then um, the founder actually uh, reached out to me and he said, oh, hey, I saw that you're from AppGyver. Like, what do you think of the, the tool? Um, and then I was saying, well, I'm actually having trouble with it. So maybe you can, you know, jump on the phone with me and we can go through this a little bit. And he did. And uh, we had a call and um, I've been in contact with him. And so, yeah, I think maybe, I, you know, I obviously don't fully uh, comprehend everything that's happening behind the scenes, but if I at least can get my app to do what I want yeah. it to do on the front end, then for my purposes for right now, that's that seems to be fine. <laughs> and if I do need to go deeper, then that's when I'll have to, you know, bring in the expertise of someone else. Yeah, but I think that that solves a really, really big challenge um, many customers nowadays have. And mm -hmm. I think a no-code or low-code platform can can build a bridge there between business or yeah citizen developers and um the the, the IT department which is yeah, yeah responsive uh, responsible for the SAP landscape or at least for for very important um, business backend systems that made SAP or something else and um, because they i think they are also very busy currently to to keep on the lights and to to keep on the systems running because there is a big shift towards cloud and away from on-prem and so on but on the other hand we also see business it which uh, business people which um have also requirements because um yeah they have to improve their business they have to solve real world challenges and so on and where they need technology or some small apps um to solve these challenges <coughs> and there is a famous word at least in germany it's called shadow it and um so it means that someone else is also running an it stack but not um With the, with the IT people in the company and uh, they are then now running an own IT stack and this leads automatically to some challenges later on when you are talking about governance and bringing it into production yeah. and stuff like that. And I think AppGyver or a no-code platform is a very good fit into that because when the real IT is providing that platform then, when a real IT department is providing that no-code platform and they are taking care about the governance and stuff like that and they empower or enable a business um, department hey, to build and to solve their challenges, I think it's it's a perfect perfect way. Yeah, and yeah, you definitely. mentioned before and that you you build your own application in terms of yeah social media app because you needed it in in marketing. What are other typical use cases or are there typical use cases a pattern you often see when you are looking into the community? Typical use cases for a no code platform. 
I mean, it's been really, really, <clears throat> I would say a diverse kind of range of use cases. I mean, we've seen people that have been building their entire startups on it and, you know, really from different kind of industries as well. So right now, for example, um, I'm in contact with a, a startup that's based in Prague and they are building uh, basically a travel social networking app on AppGyver. And, you know, and it's, you know, not just kind of in the MVP stage. And I think that was the reason why they picked AppGyver was because, um, you know, a lot of other kind of no-code tools are are good if you're kind of just in that uh, starting out phase and mm-hmm. just kind of want to get the MVP out. But this um, this company is now kind of ready to scale up and ready to kind of prepare for maybe thousands of users a month. So that's kind of why they've um, been making the switch over to AppGyver. And so, I mean, but it's it's really all over the place. And um, it's been really exciting actually to kind of dive into the SAP world because it really is this entire ecosystem of different people um, with different customers and different needs. And so I've been in contact, I've been uh, reached out to by a lot of uh, SAP developers who have been using um, AppGyver in hackathons, for example. And so I was, uh, I did an actually a blog with the uh, co-innovation lab team from SAP Africa, and they mm-hmm. were building a smart city app use case that was kind of used uh, during one of their hack to build events. And so I think it was for maintenance uh, tickets in Johannesburg in South Africa. So, I mean, and, you know, these kind of things integrate SAP backend tools, and um, it really just kind of opens up this whole world of, of possibilities that you can do. So, yeah, I think it just, it's really all over the place of, yeah, what you can, what you can accomplish there. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned something really interesting because, um, yeah, you mentioned startups and um, mm. we are also here in, in in contact with some startups and they are focusing on, of course, on their product they are trying to launch. And not every startup tries to do a, a completely digital product. So many have some yeah, German engineers behind and they are focusing on a, on a very good physical product, but they realize that they need... SAP um, to scale up when when it's really running the business, so they they need an, a strong yeah business backbone, which is actually then SAP, and uh, this SAP yeah. landscape is managed by a partner because they are German engineers and they are focusing on their physical product, and um, so the SAP landscape is managed by a partner, and now they are real or they realized, or they are currently realizing that they need. Um, some additional software which is not maybe yeah tackled by SAP because we don't have a standard solution for that and they realize that they need a platform and they will be also providing a platform business for their physical product so they they chose uh, the business technology platform but they still don't have developers there and um, there is also a perfect match for AppGyver from my point of view because you have that strong background you have a a strong foundation like um, the S4 system and you have a business technology platform and then you have that no-code platform where you can easily when you have that open mindset where you can easily connect to a APIs, which are provided by your backend system, and then they can also build their digital product, which is also at least very relevant for the second stage then of their um, startup phase. And um, I think it's a perfect thing. Um, yeah. So provide yeah, a platform to people who are not having that strong development team, for example, <clears throat> but they have some people which are really clever and they can now easily learn a new language and, and can also adopt that um, to their to their startup then. Yeah. yeah, 
Exactly. And and the thing is that it's also, um, I mean, it's also kind of like, uh, I think I've heard it described as as an onion. I mean, you can kind of start off with something simple. And then once mm -hmm. you have a simple functionality in place, then you can kind of peel back the layer and then go deeper. And then you can keep kind of going deeper and deeper. And then that's kind of how people end up learning more and more about visual programming is just by kind of starting off with their base functionality. And then, you know, the further and further you go, um, then you kind of are, before you know it, learning to do some pretty advanced things. Absolutely. And I think um, you mentioned it before, um, it's not only for MVPs. It's not only for a prototype. You, right. you you build the solution and you run it and you extend it. And this is, I think, a major shift because, yeah, you don't have to prove that your vision will work. So you, you prove it. But your vision and your idea, which is maybe at the beginning an MVP, but if it scales, yeah, you don't have to recode it again. And this is also... I think something new for the SAP world because we are sometimes often um, caught in POCs and MVPs and so on, and then people start to mm -hmm. to recode again, and they can eliminate that effort completely when they are using that platform. And another thing is, and um, I mentioned it in the intro, and this is also something new for the SAP community, I think, because AppGyver provides a free version, right? Yes. Yes. And absolutely. you are allowed that you are that you can use everything what you are building on that free version. You are allowed to use it in production. Is that right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And actually, it's kind of uh, shifted recently because um, previously we had this limitation on um, revenue or funding. So if your company was earning uh, over 10 million in USD uh, in revenue or funding then um, the free tier was only open to people under that limitation. But we removed that. So now um, basically anyone can get started for free. And yeah, you can take your apps all the way to production within that. So this was kind of one of the things that we were very adamant about holding on to coming into SAP, <laughs> that we wanted to keep the free tier. And obviously we've built this amazing, um, you know, really active developer community on this, uh, within this tier on our community edition. And so, yeah, we're really happy to be able to hold on to that and, and keep offering that. Yeah, so that's, that's phenomenal. So uh, sorry, it's, 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 it's really great because now there is no reason not to use that from my point of yeah. view. So yeah, you exactly. just can go on the website and you, you get your account and then you can start right away. And maybe yeah. you get in touch, of course, with your IT department because, hey, where are the APIs you have to connect to? But at the end of the day, you don't have to, to fund money or to raise money inside your company because you can use the free uh, free version. So what's your yep. target group for the free version? Is it everyone or are you targeting on, on specific users or on a specific target group for the free version then? Anyone who basically has an idea that they're that they're motivated enough to kind of understand what's required to to make that possible, and yeah, there is a learning curve. But with, you know, like with any tool, you will kind of have to adapt to being able to use that and figure figure out the ins and outs. But um, yeah, anyone basically with an idea, and um, you know, because it is you know built the way it is, I mean, professional developers will really highly benefit from from the complexity of it. I mean, really, there's there's no limitations in it. So, I mean, but, you know, I, even kids can do this. And I know that we, we kind of had talked about this topic, but I mean, I've even met, you know, 
teams of kids and even just, you know, seven-year-old kids who've been at home building apps, like who have been able to use it. So you can see that it's kind of a, a wide, a wide group. I like that. I like that point yeah. with the, with the kids, especially to be honest, because, um, I think Jürgen, our CTO, so Jürgen Müller, um, recently at, at TechRT mentioned that every company becomes a tech company. And I think there mm -hmm. will be a big need for, let's call them developers or so, because you need more people with IT background with and development background and that mindset and so on. And uh, I remember back in the 90s when I was in school, so everyone um, was using popular graphic tools and uh, everyone wanted to become a media designer because yeah, the mm -hmm. internet came <laughs> up and you you were the king when you, when you were able to create some nice graphics and so on. But um, how important is it from your point of view to, to empower kids and to give them tools like AppGyver that they can realize their ideas? Because I think kids have good ideas and they, they um, are willing to learn something and they are willing to learn something new like, like languages or like tools yeah. and, and <laughs> so on. And how important is that for the kids and for some countries, I, I think? And also how important is that for companies later that maybe kids are now using software which can be used in business yeah. later on. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the the way that the future is going. And the the amazing thing about, about kids when they're developing is also, I mean, they their creativity does does not is not limited like the way adults' creativity is, because adults kind of have it set in their mind that I can do, I can only do certain things and well, I can't do that because I'm not that kind of person. But kids mm -hmm. don't have that. Kids, <laughs> kids honestly can just jump into something and, you know, fearlessly just start building stuff and with kind of an unbridled creativity. And, um, and that's just kind of, that's just really great to see. And honestly, I think, yeah, adults should probably take a note from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and it's really cool because I mean, this is, I think, how problems are going to get solved. And um, we've also seen different, uh, uh, one other group that I, I've talked to was a uh, founder of a, of a no-code campus in Rwanda. And she was basically, um, she actually passed away recently, which is, which is terrible. But um, the school was basically offering free no-code classes to different kids. And they started uh, using the public library in Kigali, the capital of Rwanda. And um, she was just basically saying that, you know, if you have problems that you want to solve, you can you can build apps to do it. And, and you know, it's really like all different kind of problems, maybe even simple things that that we probably don't even think about, you know, um, things that we maybe take for granted, but maybe in different countries or different mm -hmm. um, contexts and, you know, little problems, all of these things can be solved with apps. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be the most uh, complex app in the world, but maybe somebody out there can can build an app to solve it. So, yeah, I think all of these things, you know, empowering kids who would definitely see Uh, the world differently than than we do. That's that's definitely what we want to do, and that's also why we continue to offer this this free community edition, so that everyone can kind of jump in and start doing that because it's really an everybody wins type of situation. Yeah, absolutely, and I think especially that kid mindset. So um, when I'm looking here at my eight year old son, so he he isn't reading <laughs> any any manuals or something like that when he he gets new hardware or whatever. So he's just he's using it and um yeah he's playing around and he's he's trying out how how things are are working and mm -hmm. i think this is also 
a good mindset we can learn for for companies or for business because um I think, and I tell that in almost every episode, people are not willing to learn how actually an application is working. So they are playing or they are expecting that they can play around with a business application and that they know how it how it works and which which problem is is um, is solved with that app. And so user experience and all that stuff around user experience, how an app has to look like, where the mm -hmm. buttons have to be placed and so on, um, is a very, very big topic. And I think we can also learn from kids because when you give an, a smartphone to a kid and you see, hey, they are playing around and if they don't understand how it works, they, they stop using it or they are playing around until it works and they found yeah. out how it's it's working. And this is, from my point of view, also valid for, for business um, applications because uh, we don't want to go on a training just to understand how an application works. And um, is AppGyver also providing some some guidance to people because there is a job title like UX designer and stuff like that. So are you providing libraries, capabilities um, to make it easier to, to make also apps which have a great user experience? Yes, and actually we just uh, released a major upgrade to the way you create themes and styles uh, in your applications. And it also includes uh, support for SAP Fiori, which I know is going to be a major, a major benefit for a lot of, for a lot of people. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the way that it works is that it should definitely uh, be kind of a more intuitive experience to build really nice, clean uh, themes and with smart colors and style classes. This is kind of, these are kind of the things that are now included in this new release. And um, yeah, I think before the way that you kind of had to get pixel perfect designs, it was a bit, um, it was a bit more elaborate, a bit more complex, but now uh, the way that it looks and everything, and you can go and try it out, it's um, it's a lot simpler. Just with a few clicks, I think you can kind of already get your app closer to looking the way you, like a more native and professional experience. So mm -hmm. yeah, we're definitely kind of prioritizing that. Cool. So you are following also the Fiori design guidelines then you, you mentioned, but you also yeah. provide designs for, let's call it, consumer-facing apps so outside of the Fiori world, which is typically seen in in businesses or in, in business, which is more covered for internal topics because I don't see any public Fiori applications from our customers, to be honest. So when they are providing customer-facing apps, they always have a different design. They have a different um, yeah, CI and so on. So, But AppGyver still provides both. So you are not only yeah. focusing on Fiori, right? Right. You can kind of switch between Fiori and then, you know, design your own sort of uh, themes to go along with it. That's cool. So I, I really like that. And um, Eshmay, I'm just looking a little bit on the on the time now, but um, one very important thing from my point of view is also that um, I mentioned TechEd before and we, we talked on some TechEd announcement like the free versions and so on. And TechEd 2021 just ended um, what were, from your point of view, the major and recent announcement related to, to AppGyver? And what was your personal highlight, just in case you attended? <laughs> yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, it was so, so great to see. Um, well, I have to say the personal highlight was definitely seeing our, our co-founder, uh, Marco Lestimaki, 
uh, on the big stage there with uh, with Jürgen. That was really, really awesome. And uh, we were here in the office in Helsinki with the team, uh, you know, eating sushi and and watching that. So it was a it was a really nice moment. Because By the way, I, I liked think, yeah. I liked the stickers on his laptop. I liked yeah. the stickers. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah, he got a lot of Twitter shout outs uh, for that. <laughs> yeah, I think that was really cool. Um, yeah, I think, it, you know, it's been a really long road to get to this point. And so um, seeing SAP roll out this whole uh, low-code, no-code strategy and this whole portfolio. So, you know, AppGyver, uh, Business Application Studio, and also um, Process Automation, all of these things together, I think, are kind of, you know, showing SAP as a low-code, no-code powerhouse. So I think that's really exciting. And also um, a big shift uh, is, you know, le the learning journey. So now SAP has this new kind of one-stop uh, for learning that's completely free and And it's like a whole complete, um, you know, guided experience that starts from, you know, how to even put business processes together and why they're so important all the way to building out apps and extensions in AppGyver and, and these other tools. So, I mean, this is really how, you know, we're going to create the success of citizen developers. And so all of these things that were rolled out. And I also did a course for the learning journey um, along with some of my teammates here. So we're really kind of excited to see all the work that went into it. That was really kind of chaotic, I will say, um, really rewarding to kind of see that, um, see that go live and get shout outs on the big stage at the t uh, keynote. That was really cool. Yeah, that's that's very cool. And I think it's it's very important because it's an important topic. And um, yeah, it pays off then from my point of view. That's cool. And how, how can people get started then, Ashmay? So we talked a lot of, hey, it's it's for free. It's easy to use. But what's your recommendation when I now have an idea or my eight-year son has an, a new idea and he's a kid? How can people get started to use AppGyver? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, the easiest way is to, if you want to just start building right now, go to appgiver.com, uh, create a free account, and then you can already start building your first app today. And, um, you know, to stay engaged with the community, we do have on our uh, community edition, you know, forums, there's a huge bank of knowledge there in case you're having some, you know, issue that you want to know more about or kind of see how other people have done, you know, use some best practices when you're kind of building out a certain feature. There's a lot of information already there. And then on the SAP community, we have our uh, topic page and you can go ahead and follow it. And people are already kind of answering questions and, um, you know, submitting blog posts there. So there's a lot of stuff already happening. Um, definitely a lot of places to kind of jump into the conversation. And um, yeah, there's always always people from the AppGyver team kind of, you know, we kind of like to participate in the forums as well and help people and see how your app building is going. So definitely a lot of ways to get started. And especially when you are maybe at the moment outside of the SAP ecosystem, um, I think YouTube is also a good starting point because I also found many videos on YouTube and tutorials by freelancers or developers who, who did their applications yep. and do some some tutorials by themselves and how to use AppGyver. So it's also a good, a good, good starting point from my point of view. And um, Especially, but when we are talking on, on companies, and you mentioned it before, um, for hackathons, and I think this is also a good way um, when, when you bring people together with great ideas and a great mindset. And um, AppGyver is also, from my point of view, then a very good tool to, to be used in, in hackathons, right? 
Yeah, definitely. And I've ha- I have been wanting since the beginning to to organize our own hackathon. It hasn't happened yet, but I think uh, in the next year, then that's something that we'll have on the agenda. But if somebody out there is going to organize a hackathon and wants to use AppGyver, then they can reach out to me and I'll be happy to kind of collaborate on that because I think that's, I think this tool um, is definitely kind of perfectly suited for for something like that. And hackathons are just are just really fun all around. That's cool. What's the best way to to reach out to you? Is it Twitter or LinkedIn or your email address? <laughs> um, yeah, we can connect on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm usually really active on those two. So yeah, and also um, on uh, SAP people. This is the, I guess, the official SAP yeah. <laughs> uh, profiles. <laughs> I'm on there too now. So <laughs> Awesome. So we will put uh, both links uh, in the description of the podcast. So yeah. the link to your, um, to your LinkedIn profile and to the Twitter as well. And hope you get new, lots of new followers and lots of new contacts then. So um, yeah, what's was very interesting, Eshmay. So thanks for your time and um, looking forward to see more from, from AppGyver coming. Yeah? So yes, thanks for joining. Definitely. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Lots of big things coming from AppGyver. So everyone stay tuned. Yeah, we stay tuned. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Take care, Eshmay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.